Hello, and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 32. And, uh, There's speculation over who the writer of Hebrews is, and so we won't go into that, but here's what the writer says in this passage. Uh, Does it say verse 32, Hebrews 11 and 32? And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all of these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this word. I need you completely in order to be able to bring this. I don't know how to talk without your help. I don't know how to minister this word without your help. Help me to yield myself to you that your Holy Spirit could speak, that I would not be a hindrance to you proclaiming the Father's heart to the heart of the people today. I yield to you the best way I know how just by asking. Please move in this house today and accomplish your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hebrews 11 is considered to be 
the hall of faith, the hall of faith. We don't know of another place in Scripture where there's such a concentrated list of what we would call the heroes, our forefathers, the great uh, great saints, if we can say it that way, many of the Old Testament, of old, and the different things that they went through and how God brought them victory or how they held fast to eternal victory when earth was really, really difficult. The hall of faith. We find the patriarchs and the matriarchs, come on somebody, of the family of God, our Old Testament heroes of the kingdom. Now this is where it gets so interesting. Especially in the face of so much of what we believe or hear preached in the church today. I read the other day someone said, the more scripture that I read, the less I relate to modern Christianity. Come on. Isn't it strange how we get into the Bible and we begin to study and we begin to see things Contextually, we begin to understand that the Bible is not a collection of random uh, wisdom facts and that we just pick out verses to see how they speak to us. But rather, the Bible is one, come on, continual narrative, one story leading to one person. It is God's story of God's family. Can I say the Bible ain't all about you? We, we open up the Bible. Some of, us, uh, some of us in our great mature state just let it fall open and then close our eyes and point to something. We pick out a verse, and whenever we read a verse, we say, what is this saying to me? It might not be saying anything to you. It may be trying to explain what the author had in mind when he wrote it. Come on. It's funny how the more we study and read the Bible, then the more we grow in our relationship with the Lord, that so much of religion doesn't make sense anymore. That so many of man's traditions just don't make any sense. This is one of the places in Scripture that when I'm honest and I look at it, it makes me have to correct my theology. Because in the same list, can I have ever so slightly more on this monitor? And it might be my sinuses today, but nonetheless. In this same list that we read in Hebrews 11, in the same list of all of those that held on to the faith, they all held on to the faith. We find those who conquered kingdoms, and those who suffered greatly. We find those who quenched the power of fire. We also find those that were sawn in two for their testimony. We find those that by faith escaped the sword. And we find those that by faith died by the sword. Do you hear me this morning? 
same faith. And some that got what we think we should get. And some that got quite the opposite. But did not change their faith. As it turns out, real faith, somebody shout real faith. As it turns out, real faith is never contingent on circumstances. It's quiet up in this Presbyterian church this morning. Real faith is never contingent on circumstances. A real trust is not based on a desired outcome. A real hope, somebody say real hope. A real hope is not fixed in outward conditions. Can I get any help this morning? Faith, trust, and real hope is in a person. It is in the person of Jesus himself. Hope is not in what happens. Hope is in God and in his love for us. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. My faith cannot be in how I think the day should go. My faith cannot be in whether or not I get the job. My faith cannot be in whether I have pain or whether it leaves. My faith cannot be in those that like me and those that leave me. My faith must be fixed in God alone, in God himself, and in the love that the Bible says he has for me. My faith cannot be in what I think should happen. My faith must be in what has happened and what has happened is that the only God sent his only son and Jesus came to the earth born of a virgin led a sinless life died on an old rugged cross and three days later he rose up again and my faith is in him that's real faith and that is real trust and that is real hope my hope is in the person of Jesus Christ and in him crucified that's where my hope is. The Apostle Paul said this in Philippians 4. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned, get ready, in whatsoever state I am. Somebody say whatsoever state I am. He said I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. We don't hear a lot about that in the church. We hear a lot about, I'm supposed to have this. I'm supposed to have this life of ease. I'm supposed to have this much money. I'm supposed to have, we hear about going after things to make us happy. But the Bible says to be content with whatsoever things you have. 
I'm not talking about canceling your, uh, your dreams or your career, or your pursuit. I'm, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about what you place your hope in. I'm talking about what you place your faith in. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned in whatsoever study I am therewith to be content. He says, I know how to, I know both how to be abased and how to abound. Paul said, there have been times when I had plenty of money, didn't have worry about provision. He says, there have been other times when I didn't have anything. He said, but I was content in both places. My contentment was not based on if I had enough money or if I didn't. In everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. I'm instructed to abound and to suffer need. Instructed to. Instructed to be full and empty. Because the command wasn't based on an amount. The, con- the command was based on the contentment of the heart. No matter what, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. That's the most abused verse in all the Bible. We like to pick out whatever we want to do, and then we slap Philippians 4.13 on it. We pick any task we want to accomplish anything we want to do, and then we say, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. It had nothing to do with any of those things we planned. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me had everything to do with hard times, good times, fun times, bad times, great times, difficult times. I can make them through both because I belong to Jesus. That's the verse. That's the verse. Our hope is not that we won't have to go through difficult things. That is not the hope of the believer. That is not the hope of the child of God. That is not the hope of the Christian. Our faith is not that Christianity keeps us from problems. Our hope is not that by leaning on Jesus that somehow we don't have to go through life's trials. That is not the hope of the believer. If that's the hope that you have placed your trust in, if that has been what you have based your Christianity on, you listened to the wrong one. You have created your own religion that doesn't exist. And you are leaning on somebody besides God. Our hope is not that we won't have to go through difficult things. Our hope is not that we will always be able to understand and make sense of the storms. God, it just doesn't make sense. God, I don't understand. God, if you could just explain it to me. Because many times, he's not going to. We are going to go through things that we are never going to understand. That we are never going to have the type of answer that we want to have. Our hope 
is not that the children of God will be without problems. No, our hope is bigger than that kind of hope. Our hope is much greater than a happiness that is contingent on our current conditions. Our hope is in the middle of storms. Our hope is hidden inside of what does not make sense. Are you with me this morning? Has anybody ever hurt? Has anybody ever been heartbroken? Our hope is in the middle of it. Our hope is that he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. That is our hope. Our hope is not that we won't go through stuff. Our hope is that when we go through, we won't be by ourselves. Our hope is in the one that goes through with us. Our hope is not to be without suffering, but that in suffering we are not alone. Our hope is that I belong to the one that knows what I don't know. My hope is that when I don't understand, I can still trust. Colossians 1.27 To whom God would make known... What is the riches of the glory of this mystery? Somebody say this mystery. That he would make known the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. And what is the mystery? Here it is. Christ in you. The hope of glory. What is the hope that we have? What is the hope of glory? It is Christ in us. It is Jesus in us. It is that, the God of the universe. It is that God, the creator of heaven and earth, would tabernacle inside of created man. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have the treasure in earthen vessels. We are the earthen vessel. God has decided that he wants to live inside of humanity that he made. And this is the hope of glory. You want hope? Here's hope. The hope that we have is that God will live inside of me. In that God will live inside of you. Our hope is the same as Romans 8. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. While we sit and complain and bicker and grumble while we feel entitled 
that we should not have to go through storms, that we should not be hurting. I did it right. I shouldn't have to go through this. I paid my tithe. I shouldn't go through a hard time. While we sit and focus on the trouble and on the storms, the heart of the apostle Paul said, I don't think that any of this is worth comparing to what is coming because I'm just a pilgrim passing through and this world is not my home. I'm just a stranger on a trip. I'm just on a journey. I'm not a citizen of earth. I may be on the earth, but I'm not of the earth, but my citizenship is in heaven and I'm on the way. One day I get out of this rat race. One day I get out of this hell hole. One day I get to leave and Jesus belongs to me forever and forever and forever. That is my hope. That is my hope. Here's hope. Romans 8 and 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Notice the promise is not that these things wouldn't come. It's quite the opposite. As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things. Somebody say, in all these things. In all these things, things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. In the peril, I'm a conqueror. In the famine, I am a conqueror. In the lack, I am a conqueror. In the sword that comes against me, I am a conqueror. In my pain, I am a conqueror. In all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hebrews, well, you know it's good when Chris is shout. Hebrews 12. Now, oddly enough, Hebrews 12 comes after Hebrews 11. You know, there's a reason for what the Bible writers wrote and where they wrote it and how they wrote it. And the author of this book has just given a list of names of people that through faith walked in great miracles and people who suffered in great faith and held on until the time they closed their eyes on this side and opened them in glory. The writer has just given us this whole list 
of those that through good times and hard times held on to the truth of God's love. And then says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. I have heard people speculate for years and say, who is the great cloud of witnesses? They simply should have read Hebrews 11 first. I think it's very, very plain when all of Hebrews 11, by faith Noah, by faith Abraham, by faith Rahab, by faith Daniel, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, because we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. Let us also, let us do what they did. Let us also lay aside every weight and every sin which clings so closely. What could that weight be that would distract us from the truth of God? It could very easily be getting hung up on, am I not supposed to have this right now because I'm a Christian? We get hung up on everything that God ought to be doing for us. We get hung up on the protection that should be. I shouldn't have to go through what everybody else goes through. I'm a child of God. What a weight. What a distraction. What a hindrance that would pull our eyes away from the eternal onto the earthly, that we would spend our time
that was set before.
The issue is that before Christ, we are lost sinners in need with problems in need of rescue. No, criminals in need of pardon. If you've never seen yourself You can't get saved till you know you're lost. Life. of the inside. Words and my actions prove He paid that price to kill you with him. Recognize what you did. Jesus. I offer you my body. God, I am your creation. expecting to be seen. one day when you
never have done on your own. The presence of God. Jesus Christ as Savior. Spirit, the light. This is not about joining a This is not in the world. I don't know where you're watching. Praying with me. How bad? you are and would you I would love the I am going to receive Anyone else? Anyone? Come right now, just as this one has come, just as responding.
prayer, not mine. Pray this. Come in. Live through me. And clap. God bless you. Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.